0: Sound Opinions is supported by Goose Island, pairing beer and music since 1988. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago, Illinois. Listen critically, enjoy responsibly.
1: Took the bomb?
2: From WBEZ Chicago and PRX, this is Sound Opinions.
3: I'm Jim DeRogatis. And I'm Greg Cott. This week, from the southern soul of Swamp Dog to the experimental art rock of Ohm, we've got a batch of under the radar musical discoveries that you need to hear.
1: Are you drinking out of my liquor
2: Have Plus, we'll talk to rockers Batfangs about reimagining the genre of the music they loved as kids, hair metal, and transforming it into something modern, exciting, and empowering.
4: When
3: it's a bad vibration. That's all coming up on Sound Opinions. You're listening to Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Cott. He's Jim Dirigatis. And later on, we are going to talk to one of our favorite uh, newer bands, Jim Batfangs. Yeah. Uh, we, we both saw them at South by Southwest numerous times. Yeah. Because they were so much fun. Maybe you it's later in the show, Jim, but it's time again to share some of our latest buried treasures. We do this uh, periodically, Jim. Uh, we have so many recordings that we want to talk about in the show that we can't possibly keep up with them all. Each of us have sort of got a, a stack. I guess in the old parlance, it's a stack, and it's now a, a bunch a of digital stack, files yes. yeah, uh, of, of music that we love, recordings that are coming out uh, consistently over the course of the year that maybe aren't getting the attention we think they deserve. Uh, we try to uh, correct the balance here with this particular segment. Uh, Barry Treasures, we call it. You've got the first one you want on Barry. Uh They are called
2: Falcon Jane, this uh, fantastic band from Ontario. And they have coined for themselves their own genre name, hmm. Rock, P-L-E-Z, as in pleasurable, <laughs> which, you know, I uh, automatically my twee alert goes off. I have a limited tolerance for that. But the, uh, the, the woman who fronts the band, Sarah May, is is a great, witty uh, uh, lyricist. And, and the melodies, uh, you know, it's classic indie rock, uh, hyper-melodic, chiming guitars. Uh, this song that I'm going to play, Ginger Ale, she says, was written in the bedroom of a non-air-conditioned flat in, uh, in, in Ontario in the middle of a heat wave. I was sweaty, I was unemployed, I was broke, <laughs> and I was in love. Except... You know, the way she sings it, I think she has higher hopes for the ginger ale she just popped Mm. open than for this relationship, perhaps. But it uh, it does have that visceral sense. You can feel uh, the way she is feeling at this point in time as she just kind of takes in everything (laughs) around her in the middle of this room. Uh, They have a new album out Their third full length. It's called Feeling Freaky. I love this song, Ginger Ale. It's, It's like my tune of the summer. Here they are Falcon Jane on Sound Opinions.
4: It's too hot too much.
2: Canadian quintet Falcon Jane with Ginger Ale, uh, good album too. Greg, feeling freaky.
3: I like that uh, dreamy vibe there. You know, I'm 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 ready to climb into the hammock and uh, drink some ginger ale after I listen to Ginger Ale. Right,
2: so. well, back when you're in college and <laughs> yeah. it's and you can't afford an air conditioner and all you got is that
3: fan. You yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I got another uh, song that'll keep up that uh, summer vibe for you. Uh, an artist by the name of Vuley out of Chicago, Vulet Taylor. He. Uh, he grew up on the South Side and, uh, you know, wasn't really part of the rap scene for a long time until the last couple of years, actually. He's all—he's 28 years old now, a relative elder statesman mm. by Chicago hip-hop standards. But he uh, has made an incredibly uh, deep uh, impression in, in the two years that he has been putting out recordings uh, to the point where you see mainstream rappers uh, you know borrowing his style because it's so distinctive he's he raps very quietly he says people say it sounds like I'm in a library Mm. and he says where that's coming from is I was in an apartment building where I was the youngest (laughs) tenant in the building and I was getting all these complaints about you know you're too loud and I had to keep it down so almost by uh, by default, he, he went to a quieter style. The other thing that's really distinctive about his songs is that they're incredibly short. He said, I'd watch my friends watching these mainstream hip-hop videos and they'd be tuning out after a verse. I said, you know, give them a minute and a half, two minutes, we're done. Ramones. Very specific in his imagery as a result. The, the words are, are very terse. He paints these very vivid pic- pictures with very few words, leaves a lot to the imagination, creates a scene, and then Quietly exits, and you're kind of left with kind of this mystical vibe, and which to me is really cool. The hypnotic track from his uh, debut major label EP, "Good Job You Found Me," uh, Volone. Uh, that's uh, Kanye West's label, by the way, that signed him. Uh, West is uh, is a fan of his stuff, and uh, has started to collaborate with him. I think he'll be a much more widely known in a few months than he is now. So pay attention to this guy, Boulay, with a track called Volone on Sound Opinions.
5: Might catch me out and be long. Mhm. You broke me, leave me long. Mhm. That super sport I still own. Mhm. It's broken, and it's at home. These are vintage jeans, uh-huh. Rockin' Gucci, that's expensive feet, uh-huh. They knock off, that ain't not for me, uh-uh. Can't give up, act like she not fit for me, uh-uh. Might catch me out and be long You broke me, leave me alone. Mhm. That super sport I still own. Mm-hmm. It's broken, it's at home.
3: Is Valone by the artist Voulay on Sound Opinions. Really interesting stuff, Greg. Uh, you know, dare I say almost
2: an Eno-esque mm. production, uh, or, or Bjork or Ros, right? I mean, there's that kind of uh, weird sensibility. Very sparse and, and, yeah. and
3: atmospheric. Yeah, yeah,
2: clashing with the hip-hop uh, in a good way. Uh, I got something now that is all clash, 110%. A Stockholm garage punk band called Viagra Boys. Um, <laughs> You know, which is interesting, it, it, it's more in that helicopters, hellbent for leather, kick out the jams, garage rock vein, except with a frontman, Sebastian Murphy, who is 100 percent the reincarnation of Marky e. Smith of the fall. All right. <laughs> Both in, in terms of his uh, kind of monotone delivery, staccato delivery and his weird Bizarre, surreal sense of humor. As you know, I am not a fan of the sports, and you very much are. <laughs> I, I just, I, you know, I can't, I can't. Uh, no, no sport ever, right? This track called "Sports," which is from their uh, forthcoming album "Street Worms," right, um, <laughs> is is just classic. It's just so bizarre. You know, it starts off wiener dogs, short shorts, cigarette, surfboard, ping pong, rugby ball, wiener dog, sports! Right, mm. And he kind of goes through these litany of words, mm-hmm. like Sid Barrett in the word song, uh, that don't have anything to do with it. And then you realize kind of every time he, he goes sports with the exclamation point, it's like, oh, these are all things we hate. And I'm like 100% with there, <laughs> uh, with Sebastian right there. Uh, the I have really high hopes for the album, Street Worms this is the album, this is the song, Sports, by Viagra Boys on Sound Opinion.
3: Viagra Boys, sports, isn't that great? I you love know, that. When I first heard that, I I was thinking. Remember the the band Trio, the German. Oh yeah, da band, da, da da. It's kind yeah. of got that almost ironic, you know, foreign accent meets kind of it's kind of like dumbed down, intentionally dumbed down. Yeah. and and it's kind of witty and clever. I almost feel like that's a novelty song, like it's you know it'll wear out quickly. But there's other stuff. Uh, that I've been hearing from this group that's uh, that's impressing me even more than that song. But yeah, it's, I love it's a the whole funny album. song.
2: I was gonna play. You know, I, I could play anything from the album, but I thought, you know, this I, any chance to get a dig in at sports is good with me.
3: Well, I'm uh, any chance that I can uh, give a shout out to uh, Poster Children uh, from Downstate Illinois. Yes, uh, I, I will. Uh, and you know, they don't give us a lot of opportunities to do so. I mean, this band was extremely prolific in the late '80s through the '90s. Uh, they would play 200. Three hundred shows a year, tireless in this van, and what a you know what a wonderful band to see live. They, they were just so dynamic and and put out a string of, of really cool uh, records. Uh, since then, the 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 couple that is kind of the. The mainstays in the band, Rick Valentin and Rose Marshak, are parents now and full-time arts technology professors at Illinois State University in Normal. And meanwhile, they do poster children and and various musical side projects as well. The latest poster children record, the first since... 2004 is called Grand Bargain. You know, the second half of Poster Children's Career is a social and political commentary. Mm -hmm. But it's really funny, really caustic, and it's married to these really pithy, catchy, three-minute rockin' punk songs. Uh, Basically the poster children doing what they've done so well for so long uh, in, in a context that uh, relates very much to what's going on in the world today. The song Big Surprise that I'm going to play is basically talking about an impending ecological disaster. Hmm, I wonder the, what Cheery. the climate change people are yeah. going to think about this song, right? Uh, Big Surprise from Poster Children on Sound Opinions.
2: surprised by poster children. Greg, I'm so glad we finally got to that. I think uh, the return of poster children is right up there with super junk. Yeah. You know, yeah. in terms of like really good records. It's record. so great to see these 90s indie heroes uh, still going strong as parents, as as dare I say, middle aged mm-hmm. people. And Rose Marshak is just like the coolest bassist ever. <laughs> Maybe only after Laura Balance. When we come back, we'll share more of our buried treasures that you need to hear in a minute on Sound Opinions
3: from WBEZ Chicago and PRS. Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Cott here with Jim DeRogatis. We're sharing some of our latest buried treasures. These are records we feel very strongly about, haven't had a chance to talk about in the show yet. Here's our opportunity. They're not exactly mainstream records, but we love them all the same. We think you need to hear them as well. Jim, you got the next one. I do. I, you know, I want to underscore how these come to us,
2: right? Uh, we do listen to all this music that our listeners send to us. Eventually, uh, I keep mine in a folder, and especially when I'm gearing up for buried treasures, I'll, you know, everything gets at least the thirty second test. You know, Denise. Radecki, uh, was driving me crazy though, you know, on Facebook, which I hate number one, you know, Twitter's fine, email's fine, I hate Facebook, you know, and she's sending me a a song a day every day saying, have you listened yet, right, and I'm like, oh this can't be any good, and then finally it's Barry Treasure's time and I started listening, oh this is really good, this first song. And I listened to the second, and I listened to a third. Um, she is a young woman who uh, taught herself to play piano, organ, guitar, moved around a lot. Boston, North Carolina, Chicago, uh, and, and has garnered a lot of comparisons to Elliott Smith, which is a high bar to live up to. I think she does it. This is really intimate uh, uh, touching uh, folk music I, I particularly love this song Revolution, which I don't think she's talking about necessarily in a political way but the personal is political I think she's railing at the beauty standard that holds young women up against this ridiculous uh, public image that nobody looks like that that you see in the magazines and on television uh, It's very. it reminds me very much of the film I just saw, Eighth Grade which is wonderful in the same way Denise Radecki with Revolution on Sound Opinions. You don't care about love,
1: you don't care about the sun, you don't care about Watch the world waste away. Wanna hear you say we'll start a revolution.
2: That is Denise Radecki, Revolution. Denise, don't don't Facebook Messenger me anymore.
3: Yeah, uh, Snapchat, uh, Jim. That'll be oh, the, he'll that, like that. Yeah, but yeah. then you have to put, like, the cat <laughs> eyes over your nose or something, right? Exactly. Uh, I'm going to go to New Orleans, and uh, before you start saying, well, I know what this is going to sound like before he even plays it, uh, guess again because it's not going to be your French Quarter Tourist New Orleans music that I'm, I'm going to give you. Um, I'm going to talk about Tank and the Bangas. Uh, 10-piece band uh, formed Mm -hmm. around the New Orleans open mic scene. And uh, the lead vocalist is a pistol. Uh, Tariana Tank Ball is her name. She's from the spoken word poetry scene in in New Orleans and uh, sort of evolved into this band with drums, bass, keys, horns, backing vocals. I saw them at Lollapalooza. It was basically one long set of what appeared to be like a linked series of songs with sort of theatrical interludes it was almost like a childlike nursery rhyme vibe about the little interludes like they were almost crea- creating this fantasia you know <laughs> and i'm going this is really weird and different and strange and kind of kind of alluring at the same time um they have put out a series of recordings uh, over the, over the last few years uh, their latest single is called smoke Netflix Chill and it gives you kind of a sense of the fact that they are definitely uh, a tangentially related New Orleans band. They are not like your traditional New Orleans thing. They're doing very much their own thing, blending a ton of different styles. Here is Smoke Netflix Chill from Tank and the Bangas on Sound Opinions.
1: I don't
6: know where the time went I've seen a long text message And murder's work is outside of your apartment But I gotta get out my head, oh head of mine I get high so I can be honest You used to come over Bella! Oh,
4: bye. But nowadays I'm asleep. i
6: What? Well- we get it, the devilish. It's kinda funny how we got started when I think about it. Ain't you devil free? <laughs> he saw me at a party. He asked me if I had a boyfriend. Texting to the don'ts like yawn. Feeling hella bent. Alcohol got me feeling kidney kinda of company. That's a company. Get away by a company. Try look, text me, come by. You're to see me. You got the boobie. It's kinda silly, but I really. That kinda movie put you in your feelings. But don't ever really be. I'm not gonna come unless you're with me. So tell me if you want over.
4: <laughs> Let me, Let me-
3: Tank and the Bangas with Smoke, Netflix, Chill on Sound Opinions. What's your next pick, Jim? I love that one, Greg. I think that's 9 out of 10
2: uh, Sound Opinions listeners uh, every (laughs) night. Um, I'm going to do a a legend, uh, but a Mm. far-buried, far-too-buried, deserves-to-be-better-known legend, Swamp Dog, Jerry Williams. Jerry Williams is in his fifth decade of making music (laughs) as this character he invented in 1970 swamp dog what an album total destruction to your mind uh trust me if you enjoyed like our beef heart episode or our stranger (laughs) forays into psychedelia Find that album uh, because it was like nothing else. Maybe George Clinton. That's about it. Okay. Um, the first, one of the first interviews in, in music journalism I ever got paid to do was with uh, Jerry uh, mm-hmm. when he was doing a comeback in like 1990. He did not want to talk about music. We only talked about the cookbook he had just published. (laughs) Speaking of New Orleans recipes, he had a lot of New Orleans cooking. But that was okay. He was so entertaining. Um, Swamp Dog is back, and he's back in a big way with the blessing of the Indie, hipster, underground, Mm. and new inspiration from Kanye West. He's been collaborating with Justin Vernon of Bon Iver, of all things, and he had his head turned around by Kanye's 808s and Heartbreak. In particular, he fell in love with Auto-Tune. Now, nothing I've Mm. said so far would lead you to (laughs) believe that this is going to be any good. Uh, His new album uh, coming out is just a couple of weeks, Love, Loss, and Auto-Tune, finds uh, Jerry Williams swamp dog uh, kind of covering the whole spectrum of the last 60 years of 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 R and B and pop and soul and the weirdness of just swamp dog music. I'm gonna play a Nat King Cole cover, in which he he you know it's part of it is fairly straight, and then it goes into this uh, vocoder thing and the (laughs) auto tune and there's weird sampled horns and distorted vocals and I you know it's always hard to tell with swamp dog whether he's intending this to be strange or a parody or shtick or whether it's just brilliant weird. Either way, I I love it. Answer me, my love from the new Swamp Dog album on Sound Opinions.
7: Answer me Oh my love Just what sins have I been guilty of Tell me how I came to lose your love, please answer me, my love, you were mine yesterday, I believe that love was here to stay, won't you tell me where I've gone astray, please answer me, my love,
4: Listen to my prayer You must know I've been true Won't you say that we can start a move my sorrow
7: Now I turn to you Please answer me, my love Answer me Just what sins have I been guilty of? Tell me how I came to lose your love. Please answer me, my love. You were mine yesterday. I believed that love was here to stay. Won't you tell me where I've gone astray? Please answer me, my love. If you're happier without me, I'll try not to care.
2: Swamp Dog, Answer Me, My Love, Nat King Cole, never been done like that.
3: He's great. Yeah, he's got a long career, as you said, Jim. And you're right. No, not a, More people should know about this guy. Uh, that song kills me with it. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a tuba just yeah, comes yeah. out of nowhere a bunch, bunch of times go, It's just kind of blowing my mind that he's just so disruptive of what sounds like a traditional R&B ballad until it isn't. Because right. he decided to put some other stuff in there. Uh, my last pick, Jim, is a band out of Chicago, Ohm, that uh, has raised a lot of attention with their new album, Parts. It just came out. They actually made a splash with their first uh, festival appearance in Chicago two years ago at the Pitchfork Festival. That was actually their first appearance as a trio. It's basically Seema Cunningham and Macy Stewart, two vocalists um, and uh, and musicians who have done who have collaborated with everybody from Jeff Tweedy to Ken Vandermark and, well, actually been in a band with Vic Mensa in the case of uh, Macy Stewart and worked with Chance the Rapper, people like that. So they have really spanned genres in Chicago and what they are able to do. They also wanted to dig into experimental music. So they said, hey, let's pick up guitars. They're classically trained pianists. And they said, let's let's pick up these guitars and see how we can blend our voices and these guitars in new and innovative ways. So they started uh, playing some gigs as ohm in uh, the experimental and uh, new music scenes in Chicago, which are very much alive, and um, released an EP in 2016 as a duo, and then with the drummer... Uh, have put out a new record that includes contributions from people like Ken Vandermark and, and Doug McComb of, uh, of 11th Dream Day and Tortoise. But it's really about these two women, Macy Stewart and Seema Cunningham, the way those voices and those guitars work together. They start out with these beautiful melodic parts, and then they become a lot naughtier and thornier and weirder, and then they go back to the melodic stuff. It, wonderful arrangements, wonderful songs. Here's one of them. It's called Icon from the Parts album by Ohm. On Sound Opinions.
1: She ladled the conversation Skimming from the top That damn balloon from last year still refuses to pop I want a new icon. 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 She rounded out
4: her edges to be soft and diffused. That Emily and from last year still hasn't.
2: Icon, Greg's uh, final buried treasure pick for this installment. Uh, I'm digging that, Greg. I would like to see Ohm on a double bill with Sneaks, who I <laughs> yeah. love, because I think they're they're mining similar
3: territory. Yeah, I, I love the way they sort of subvert all these traditions. That's going to wrap up our latest batch of buried treasures, and now we need to hear from you. Leave a message on our hotline with your name, buried treasure pick, and why you love it at 888-859-1800. Coming up is our interview with the rock band Bat Fangs that's combining... 80s rock and halloween plus jim you have a track you want to take to the desert island jukebox i do greg i'm going to give you some old school chicago punk that's very much of the moment and with a new movie celebrating it cool that's in a minute on sound opinions from wbez chicago and prx
2: Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. My partner is Greg Cott, and that's a little bit of the song Wolf Bite by our guests this week, Batfangs. Gotta say it like you mean it, you know? <laughs> we first saw this band at South by Southwest earlier this year, and both of us, Greg, were blown away by the, uh, the raw guitars and the unique feminist take on hair metal, a genre that was
3: anything but feminist the first time. That is true, Jim. And at the center of Bat Fangs are guitarist and vocalist Betsy Wright and drummer Laura King. Betsy Wright's from uh, the D.C. punk scene, and she was a member of that great uh, Mary Timoney band, X-Hex. Laura's based out of North Carolina. It was in the backing band for Super Chunk's Mac McCann when uh, Wright reached out about this new project. Now they they've joined together to make this uh, very much fun-loving, guitar-driven up-tempo music inspired by artists they loved listening to when they were kids, people like Bon Jovi, believe it or not, Guns N' Roses, the Bangles, uh, those influences are all in there. Traditionally, when you think about hair metal, you think (laughs)
2: sexism, toxic masculinity, uh, women presented as sex objects. Betsy Wright and Laura King wanted to transform the genre into something modern, exhilarating, and empowering for everybody. Betsy, Laura, welcome to Sound Opinions.
8: Hey, Hi. how's it going? Thank you.
2: Betsy, I want to start by asking what motivated you and Laura to create music that was such a departure from the indie rock sound that you were both making in other bands?
8: I kind of wanted to do music, like, from my childhood, I guess, and some of the stuff that, like, some of the punk rockers, like, D.C. punk rockers from the 90s, like, probably don't think, like, Bon Jovi or Poison is cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I know they don't. Shout <laughs> <What? laughs> <laughs> You know, there's a lot of like problems there, and also like I grew up on Led Zeppelin. And, I mean, mm-hmm. that was my favorite band, Jimi Hendrix, all that stuff. And there's just kind of this mixture, and Madonna, and you know the Bangles, which Laura loved too, mm-hmm. and you know, yeah. the Go Go's and stuff. So this is kind of all this mixture, of, and that we, I just like was like, let's take back this like hair metal sound that I love, and you know, do it our way. I'm going
2: When you said you wanted to reclaim hair metal, let's dig into that. What did you mean?
8: That's that is. I'm glad you brought that up because that's exactly what you know. I wanted to. I mean, it's the music that I love. I love guitar rock. Love that style of drumming. I just like, love the and the hooks, feel, massive the hooks, hooks right. the, yeah. The pop songs that you know that that feel. And um, but you know, as being you know being a girl growing up, listening to that stuff, and then you know you do feel like an outsider. And then, you know, but I I just wanted to make it our own and have this different take on it. You know, come from our point of view as, you know, as a woman and taking back that sexuality and saying like, you know, this is just being strong and powerful.
3: So the self-titled debut album, you can just look at the song titles. Rock the Reaper, Bad Astrology, Mm -hmm. Wolf Bite, Fangs Out. You've definitely got sort of a vampire, goth, you know, horror movie vibe going on there. We got really
0: into Rocky
8: Erickson. And And Ozzy. I was like deep in this Ozzy hole.
3: (laughs) (laughs) An Ozzy hole. Those are tough. Ozzy Osbourne holes. <laughs> Thematically, I mean, was it just a case of uh, you know you've always been a fan of horror movies or B movies? I, I I love those myself. They're just a great thrill to have, just to see how bad they yeah. can be. So campy, you know. Yeah,
8: I guess it was like a, just an inspire an inspiration point, and and I do like my favorite book is Frankenstein, Mary Shelley, and mm. I love Dracula. I, I listen to it constantly, the audio book of Dracula. Mm. I love Halloween. We loved, I mean, yeah. we were, I don't know. We were playing kinda... a lot around Halloween too. Yeah, we started hanging Walking house. through
0: graveyards <laughs> <laughs> after <Yeah>. practice. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: You mentioned Rocky Erickson uh, in passing. There is a vibe of that uh, in, in, your, in some of your music. And you, while we have focused on the kind of, uh, you know, the glammy hair metal side of things here, there is a sort of a punk vibe running through it. So talk about what, what, what's Rocky's role in your lives as a music person? Did he play a role, Rocky Erickson?
8: Well, the thing about the I, I love the record, The Evil One. Mm-hmm, and yeah. the thing about that record is it's like he's singing about all this, you know, all these monsters and dark demons and all that stuff. But Two-headed it's like, dog and I yeah. walked with a zombie. Yeah. yeah. but those songs, you know, they're poppy too and they have hooks. Oh, they're incredibly catchy. So good. Some of them only have three chords and then they've got cool guitar. The riffs on that record are incredible. And yeah, so I don't know, I just love that record.
3: Well, the beauty of it too is it's so unfiltered. You feel like there's not, you know, this is what I feel, this is what I do. I'm, I'm... this is what I love to do. And it's like there's no, you know, BS attached to it. It's just like there's a purity there that is so admirable. I think one of the things that was so refreshing about you guys is that there was something like that out there and still indie rock, you know, rock period. It just seems like it's going down its own... Talk about going down a hole. I think rock in some ways has lost some of that connection to... Why did we do this stuff in the first place? It wasn't meant to be super serious music, Well, and nobody you know? can laugh at themselves. Yeah. Right. The, and you don't have humor, a problem with that. <laughs> the la- no. the humor, the humor, and the, and the just the joy, the fun of it. Do you feel that way in some ways? Like, when you go to a, a rock show these days, are you seeing any of that out there as much as you would like?
8: Gosh. I, I think the thing is, like, yeah, I see all these bands, and they're just kind of serious and taking themselves seriously. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, we're, we're singing, like, Fangs out, like yelling. Yeah. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, have yeah. the songs, I'm like, this is, I know, it's ridiculous. But it's so fun. I mean, we just have fun.
3: Is it something that you had to... It was always part of you, like, getting up on stage and, hey, we're putting on a show, or was it something you had to sort of mature into that you were that uninhibited uh, when you're performing?
0: I, I think that I always just give it my all when I play with yeah. no, whoever, so I just get into it no mm-hmm. matter what.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Fangs out. Fangs out.
0: You're into I'm it. Into it. Yeah. I'm into it. Let's have fun. Yeah, f- yeah. I mean, I'm playing drums. Yeah. It's we're, fun.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
8: Yeah, like, the, like having, I think it, it occurred to me like several years ago that performing, it's like putting on a show, even though you're just playing music, it's like acting, you know? And then going mm. from city to city, you're doing yeah. like, it almost feels like you're putting on this musical. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to sort of have a character that I'm doing. And that allows me to to have more fun because I get to... Act cra- crazier than I would in normal life.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alice Cooper. There's yeah, a guy you got to put on theater. Every, every show is a play, right? Exactly. There is he's that. got
8: the makeup and the, he yeah, becomes right. this different person.
2: There is the obnoxious flip side. You know, there's also Gene Simmons.
3: Yeah, well, that's you know, true. But th- uh, you can understand why that would have an appeal to a 7-year-old or a 12-year-old. There like, yeah, you know, there, there's my gateway into this stuff. Well, you know? especially
2: right. if you're a young girl saying, I can do that. I will be the yeah. thunder god.
8: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kiss rocks.
2: I right, said, so Laura, I want to geek out as a drummer. You said okay. uh, loving the Go-Go's and loving uh, the Bangles.
0: Well, the, the Bangles, mostly.
2: Yeah. I, well, I remember going to see the Go-Go's at Madison Square Garden opening for uh, the police. And mm-hmm. I purposely bought tickets behind the stage to watch Gina shock. Oh, cool. And nobody talks about what a great drummer she was. Mm. Or it's Debbie Peterson, right, of the two sisters right. in the Bangles. Mm-hmm. What did those uh, drummers, those incredible drummers, who never get their due as drummers, know. What, what did they say to you as a young musician who wanted to follow?
0: Well, I think when I first saw the Bangles play, well, I was probably like ten years old, and I just saw their concert on MTV, and I was mainly impressed that I, there was four women on stage rocking out. Mm-hmm. And so at that time, I don't think I really knew that it was the drums I wanted to play. Yeah. Um, but then, then I shortly figured out that that was what I was best at. Right. But, um, but you
2: look at them and you say, I could do that. They're not that different than me.
0: Yeah, well, I was like, I want to do that. I can do that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think just seeing, seeing them do it and the confidence they had doing so, I was like, yeah, that's what I want to do.
3: We have been talking to uh, Betsy Wright and Laura King of Batfangs. Thanks for coming in.
0: Thanks for having us.
3: I tell you, little buddy, this whole island
4: is bewitched.
7: Remember, we were shipwrecked
3: together. As often as possible, we like to take a trip to the desert island and play a track we cannot live without on the Desert Island Jukebox. Jim, it's your turn to pop a quarter. It is, Greg, and I think this is a particularly apropos
2: pick for a Buried Treasures episode because the band I'm going to highlight, Voice of Addiction, is a buried treasure. Voice of Addiction has been around for 20 years. It's had now, I believe, 10 drummers. Many guitarists have come and gone. The leader, bassist, and vocalist, Ian Tomele, has been the the heart and soul of this band. It is very much, you know, if Peg Boy was a notch below Naked Ray Gun, I think Voice of Addiction is a notch below Peg Boy. I don't mean that as an insult. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Gruff... Working man, shot in a beer, (laughs) Chicago punk. There's a whole genre of this stuff uh, that is now uh, 30 years old. Voice of Addiction is the center of this new movie, which I think is to punk rock what some kind of monster was to Metallica. Mm. In the it's sad the mm-hmm. the as punks they were they were you know you can come in the van with us on this tour which is endless and going to be fraught with difficulty full of you know rooms of 15 people if we're lucky some nights and crazy people who let us sleep on their floors and we're going to be arguing with each other in fact the band will fall apart at the end of it uh, except for ian who's still going you know it underscores in a way the metallica movie doesn't why You would spend 20 years of your life on something so hard, making no money, putting all of your energy and resources, uh, something so hard as to cross the country in a van Mm -hmm. two or three times a year to make this music. Um, The answer is community, right? It is community and it is a message. And from the beginning, Ian's uh, lyrics with Voice of Addiction, I think there's so much talk today about the angry white Americans who feel put upon and they don't have a voice. Ian has been singing about what it's like to be a blue collar worker, fighting with addiction, fighting with familial strife, getting no respect, feeling no love, and being not understood. But instead of complaining about it, he's like, let's get together Mm -hmm. and change it. I love that kind of punk rock. Just listen to this song. The, The movie is on vimeo now bradley ponticore chicago filmmaker made it it's called punk band you can watch it and by all means the uh the 2017 album lost art of empathy by voice of addictions worth checking out this is a track called rust belt on sound of born in the rust belt in
7: these
4: steel towns up and
2: That is Voice of Addiction with Rust Belt on Sound Opinions. you got to love that spirit, Greg. What do we have on the show next week?
3: Jim, next week we are going to take a long look, a long loving look, I should add, at a genre that is much maligned unfairly, Disco. This
4: love is gradually
1: fading.
2: You better get your polyester on, Greg. I'm looking forward to it. You can find all of our episodes of Sound Opinions at soundopinions.org and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get those things. Sound Opinions was produced, as always, by Brendan Banizak, Alex Claiborne, Iana Contreras, and Andrew Gill, plus our intern, Anna Edgar.
7: Operator, can you help me, help me if you please Give me the right area code and the number that I need
3: On Sound Opinions, everyone's a critic, so give us a call on our hotline, 888-859-1800
7: I think she's somewhere down south New Messages
2: What's up, guys? Love the show. Uh, we're calling out of uh, Chester County, Pennsylvania. Uh, especially love the episode with uh, Ron Daler of Macedon.
4: I don't think those guys
2: get a whole lot of recognition for what they do. They do a whole unique thing. And uh, it was really cool to hear you guys talking with Brown on there and, uh, you know, him giving you in- some insights. And uh, I'll always listen to the show every Sunday just because I love it so much. Thanks, Charles. all Bye.
3: I'm calling about uh, Songs of the Devil, and it's
4: Niels from Atlanta. Uh, this one is a little bit dark. Oh well, not a little bit, it is very dark. It's called Dancing with the Devil by Immortal Technique.
5: He built a reputation, cause he could hustle and steal, but got locked once and didn't hesitate to squeal. So criminals he chilled with, didn't think he was real. You see me and Ziggit like this have never been equal. I don't
4: project my And immortal technique is one of the best rappers. One of the most creative people I've ever seen. Worth checking out. Good storytelling, good sound, all that. The
5: product of a ghetto-bred capitalistic mental Coincidentally dropped at a school to sell weed Dancing with the devil, smoked till his eyes would bleed But he was sick of selling trees and gave in to his greed
3: uh, My name is Tommy from North Center in Chicago About the devil, two greats Two great songs by the great late Tommy Boland First one, when he replaced Joe Walsh and the James Gang, the album called *Bang*. There was a song called *The Devil Is Singing Our Song*. Tonight
1: the cold wind blows through the screen that you didn't close.
7: Tonight I swear the singing
3: And my high school band learned that that thing. To this day, it's still some great riffing. Second one from his, the last album he put out before he died. The song is called um, Shake the Devil, which, again, has some great Tommy Bolan-esque riffing.
4: You can follow with it, man
2: Thanks a lot, guys.
6: Hey, this is uh, Jeff from Alameda, California. I'm just calling in response to your show about the devil songs. Uh, the first song that popped right into my head is a uh, Beck song called Satan Gave Me a Taco.
4: Satan gave me a taco and it made me really sick. The chicken was all raw and the grease was mighty thick.
3: It is without a doubt the best metaphor for the selling your soul to become a rock and roll star. He starts with a taco, melts his tongue, and burns holes in his jacket. And in the end, uh, he discovers that this whole thing takes him through rock and roll stardom and whole thing becomes a metaphor for selling
4: yourself.
2: Anyway, I wanted to share that song because that one popped right in my head. Thanks a lot.
4: My stomach
2: was trembling, I
4: broke out in a rash.
1: No more messages.
2: To give us your opinions on sound opinions, call our hotline 888 859 1800. We'll be back next week with more sound opinions, produced by WBEZ Chicago and distributed by PRX.